0: Hi everyone! Are you excited, as I am, to know what God has in store for us? This is your host, Via, and welcome to Stand For Truth. Welcome back, Stand For Truth listeners. We are going to talk about the one thing that holds the Word of God, the Bible. If you're listening to this, I hope and pray and believe that it will transform you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, let's begin what is the bible it is the infallible word of god which means it is incapable of errors in devi- defining doctrines teaching of faith or morals my pastor once said don't just read the bible to be informed but let it transform your mind and that's the truth uh let me give you some facts about the bible so it is it has approximately 40 writers it has sixty-six books, which thirty-nine from uh, Old Testament and twenty-seven in the New Testament. One thousand one hundred eighty-nine chapters, thirty-one thousand one hundred and three verses, and it is sold out worldwide with a five billion copies. It's the best-selling books in the world. So let's start with. The five things that the Bible is called. The first thing is it is called the scripture. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Amen. This is the commonly word that we hear every time that someone is preaching. Let's open the scripture. So they're referring to the Bible. Also, the second thing is they refer it to as the Word of God. As it says in Mark 7 verse 13. Making the Word of God. Amen. Also, in Psalms 119 verse 105, it is also called the lamp or light. Your word is lamp to my feet and light to my path. Because it shows us direction. The Bible is that light that lamp on the the lamppost on the street that gives us direction that shows us oh this is the way amen also the fourth thing that the bible is called is water why let's read in john chapter 15 verse 3 now you are clean through the word which i have spoken to you says jesus so the bible acts like water that washes off the dirty things in our life once you read the Word of God, it pricks you. It pricks your heart. That, you know, it, it, clean, it cleans you from inside. This is the only thing that can clean someone's inside when they read the Word of God. Amen. Every time that you open the Word of God, it will just makes you, oh, Lord, help me change. Amen. Also in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17, it is called the sword. That's the fifth thing the Bible is called. The sword. It says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen. Amen. So that's the five thing that the Bible is called. First, it is called the Scripture. Second, the Word of God. The third lamp or light, the fourth it is called the water, and the fifth it is called the sword. So let's see its authority, the Bible's authority. where does the authority comes from? So I will read to you six verses that will point out to the one that has the whole sole authority on this book. in second Timothy chapter three verse sixteen it says All scripture is given by inspiration of God. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 1, it says, And God spoke all these words. Exodus 24, verse 4, And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord. Isaiah 1 2, Hear, O heaven, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to me. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 9 says, then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my word in your mouth. Amen. So the sole authority or the sole author of this book is God. Amen. So now, let's see the significance of the Bible. There's seven things that it has a significance why we must What's the importance or the significance of the Bible in our life? First thing, it is the food for our soul. Let's see in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, it says, But he answered and said, It is written, Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Amen. It's very self-explanatory. The Bible is the food for our soul. It is the bread of our soul. The second thing, it is for our spiritual growth. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 says, As a newborn babe desires the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. The only thing that will help us grow spiritually is when we read the Bible. Amen. The third thing, it gives us guidance. We've read in Psalms 119-105, Your word is a lamp to my feet and light to my path. So it gives us guidance. Every time that we read the word of God, it gives us direction where we need to go and where we should not go. So it's, it's like a GPS for us Christians. Amen. And the fourth thing is it prevents us to sin. In Psalms 119 verse 11 says, Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So whenever we read the Bible, the importance of the Bible is that when you open it and you read it and you meditate on it, it will help you not to sin. It will prevent us from sinning. Amen. Because we will know what is sinful in the eyes of God and what is righteousness in the eyes of God. Amen. Also, it the significance of the Bible, the fifth thing is, it is the key for God's blessing. As it says in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein for then you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall have good success so those who want to be successful to be prosperous this is your verse Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 it is the key for god's blessing if you want to be blessed meditate the word of god do what the word of god says and you shall make make way your pro- you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall have good success amen Also, the sixth thing, it increases our faith, as it says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So every time that we hear the Word of God, when pastor preaches to you, and when someone is sharing to you the Word of God, your faith increases. Because the more you know who God is, the more you have faith in Him. Amen. Also, it is the mirror of our life. In jo- James chapter 1, verse 23, it says, For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like to a man beholding his natural face in a glass or a mirror. So the Bible is our, it helps us to reflect. It shows us where we stand, if we are sinning or we are being righteous. So the Bible's significance is. Our mirror our the one that we see ourselves in in the eyes of God, amen. so we've just talked about the what the Bible is called, the one who has authority in the Bible, and the significance of the Bible. Now we will talk about what we must do with the Bible. There's five things that we must do: first thing you have to read the Bible, first Timothy chapter four verse thirteen says till i come give attendance to reading to exhortation to doctrine so read the word of god that's very important that's why it is a book like the books that we usually read when we were in school the same thing that we do with the bible we read them in order for us to know what's in there so that's that's the thing that we must do first in the bible you don't just leave it on your bedside table or under your pillow because there's no point amen so Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says meditate so that's the second thing meditate the word of god in order for us to retain what the word of god says we just don't read it we read it with understanding by meditating on it amen also the third thing is you search the scripture or you search the bible as it says in John chapter 5 Verse 39, search the scripture for in them you think you have eternal life. Then they are they which testify of me. Jesus speaking. So when we search the scripture, every time that you hear the word of God being spoken to you or someone shared to you the word of God, it's it's in your side or on your part to search if what you heard or what people told you is true or not. Because you will find out in the Word of God whatever whatever the preacher or someone tells you about the Word of God, if they're telling the truth or no. Amen. And the fourth thing is you must study. Study the Bible. In Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 says, Study to show yourself approved to God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of Truth. Amen. So when we study the word of God, we are showing ourselves approved to God. And the more we study the word of God, the more our faith grows, the more our relationship grow go deeper with God because we are studying we are studying the word of God makes making ourselves knowledgeable of who he is, making it personal. When you study, you make it as personal, like you want to know Him. That's why you're studying about it. Amen. Also, the fifth thing is we must do what the Word of God says. James 1.22 says, But be ye doers of the Word, and not hearers, only deceiving your own selves. So there's no point of reading the Word of God without meditating, without searching, without deep studying. In doing what you've just read. So it's like the seven steps of salvation. The Bible. When we, when we have a Bible. We must do all these five things. Read. Meditate. Search. Study. And do. Because this is the only thing that will make our Christian life worthy. Like you will be. Blessed to know that, oh, I know what the Word of God says, you will not be deceived. Every time that you read the Word of God, it reminds you that I should not be doing this, I should be doing that. When you meditate the Word of God, it, make, it prevents you from sinning. And when you search the, the Word of God, you, you understand more, and you know that what the pastor is preaching is, yeah, that is true. And studying it for yourself, making you have a deeper relationship with God. And doing it is is the epitome of or like let's say that's the that's the pick of having the Bible. It's doing what the Word of God says. Because it's very important to act upon what you believe. Faith without works is dead. That's why we must be doers of the word and not just hears only because we will just be deceiving ourselves. If you say you're a Christian but you're not doing what Christ did, you're not a Christian. Amen. The same thing with the Bible. If we don't if if we read the Bible but don't do what we have just read, it's pointless. It's useless because the word of God makes us do something about it. Amen. So that's the topic of the Bible for this moment. <laughs> um, if you have any questions or if you have any thoughts or ideas or any comments, please go to my Instagram account, Stand for Truth, and we, we can discuss everything that you want to know more about the Bible. And if you want to to have a study on your own, let me just give you some four verses here that you can study for more information about the Bible in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, Jeremiah 23, verse 29, Revelations 1, 3, and 2 Peter 1, 21. Let me just repeat Hebrews 4.12, Jeremiah 23, verse 29, Revelations 1, 3, and 2 Peter 1, 21. Amen. I hope that this uh, episode will help you understand what is the Bible and who has the only sole authority over the Bible because the Bible is given by inspiration of God. No man can, can remove or add on this because it's from God. Amen. That's the topic about the Bible, the invaluable Word of God, the sole author of the Bible, and He uses men to write His Word for us to obey and follow. It's in your end what you will do with your Bible. Let's read it, meditate on it, search if what you hear are true, study to know God better and deeper, and do what He tells you to do. Praise God. If you're thinking of doing some podcasts like this, I'll recommend you the app I'm using. It's Anchor, and it's free. It distributes my podcasts on a lot of platforms such as Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Stay tuned for the next episode of Stand for Truth. Don't forget to share. Have a blessed weekend in Jesus' name. Hi, everyone. Are you excited as I am to know what God has in store for us? This is your host, Via, and welcome to Stand For Truth. Welcome back on Stand For Truth Podcast. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, and rate us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Please share this podcast to all of your friends and your families that they may know the truth also. In Jesus' name, thank you and God bless. We are back on another episode of Truth, here on Stand For Truth. I'm so sorry this episode was supposed to be last Friday, but something came up and I wasn't able to do this. But I hope and pray that all of you listeners are being blessed and formed and transformed by the Word of God. Let's get started on our topic today, the man. So our last week episode was about the Bible. What's, what is it called? um its authority the significance of the bible and what we must do with the bible and if you want to to know about it if you're just new in this podcast you can go to the to the previous episode about the bible and you will know more about it and if and if you want to know deeper or if you have any questions regarding the topic you can dm me on my instagram account stanford truth and for today's topic, we will be talking about the man. The question is, who created man? Let's see in Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. It says in Genesis chapter 1 verse So God created man. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, it says, And God formed man. In Malachi chapter 2 verse 10, Hath not one God created us? So, the one who created man is God. We did not came from a monkey, a homo sapiens, homo erectus. We didn't came from those things. We are created by God. And man is, the, is created in the image of God. So, what does image means in Hebrew? In uh, in the Hebrew word, image is called Salem, T-S-A-L-E-M, which means nature. Then I remember what my pastor preached one Sunday night about the chemical components of man. And I'm looking for the article and I found where it is, the chemistry of life, the human body. You can search that and read that for yourself but I will just give you the summary of it. It says there that human body is made up of minerals of earth. 60 chemical elements are found in the human body, but what all of them are doing there is still unknown. So roughly 60% of the mass of human body is made up of just four elements, the oxygen, carbon, hydrogen, and nitrogen. With a lot of that in the form of water. The remaining 4% is a sparse sampling of the periodic table of elements. Wow. You see, in the Hebrew word, image is called Salem, which means nature. And this article says that the chemical components of human body is made out of minerals of earth and most of, uh, majority of the parts of it are in the form of water. So nature is composed of water and earth, right? Amen. And also, I remember uh, remember the, the night before one of the service that we have in the church when my pastor was telling me and my friend, Brother Gabe, about creation. And we were just doing home Bible study at that time. And he gave us more deep understanding what the Word of God is. And he, he explained to us. In the Word, or in the Bible itself, the creation, in, in the book of Genesis chapter 1, when, when he told us that if you read carefully what God said in those verses in Genesis chapter 1, when he is creating, he's not speaking to the angels or whatever, but he's speaking first. If you read in few verses there, first few verses in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, that God spoke to the water, and the water obeyed. And then when God is starting creating the heavens and the earth, the oceans, and everything that that is on on the on the sky or on the earth, God spoke. And God, when he spoke, He's speaking to His creation. He speaks to the water and the water brings forth. And when God speaks to the earth, the earth brings forth. And then that's the time that God speak to them, to the water and to the earth. Let's make man in our image. Amen. You, you study that, that chapter, that chapter of Genesis in chapter 1. It will just blow your mind like it blows my mind because even the science itself and the word of God itself is telling us that the human body is composed of minerals of earth and of water. And God, when he's creating the, or, the world and creating us, creating the human or Adam, he's speaking to the water and earth. So the, the science is backing up what the Bible is saying about creation of human be amen and also in Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 to 16 says who is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of every creature for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or powers all things were created by him and for him you know God could have chosen other forms like if he can if if he want he will be like whatever he wants but he chooses the human form as his image he is not a snake or a dog or a calf his image is like us and he dwelt among us some 2000 years ago and he wrapped up himself in the flesh and we call his name Jesus we will talk about that subject later on. I don't want to be ahead of myself. We will just do this um, Stanford Truth Bible podcast parts by parts so that we will understand what the Word of God is talking about Himself and His plan for us. So let's talk about the components of man. There's three things or three components of man that we can read in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 and 1 Thessalonians 523. So the first component is man is composed of dust or we call flesh. This is the physical part of man capable of physical consciousness through the five senses. It has flesh, blood, and bones. So that's the, composi- the components of man as the flesh. The second component is It is the breath of of life or the spirit. This is the spiritual part of man capable of God consciousness, composed of conscience, sense of moral goodness, intuition or conviction, and communion. This is the intimate relationship with God. And the third component is the soul, the spiritual part of man capable of self-consciousness, composed of will, intellect and emotion this is what makes you you your character so what is the difference between the breath of life and the soul or the spirit or the soul because they're not the same so the spirit is the one that gives us life this is come it came it came from god so if we don't have the spirit we are dead and the soul is this uh this is our will the the will of man the one that uh the one that always rules over our flesh that's why it says here it is the it is composed of will intellect and emotion this is what makes us us so the difference between the spirit and the soul is the spirit is the the small seed of faith or conscious or the the small touch of God in our life, when he breathed the breath of life in Adam's nostrils, the man became a living soul. Because if we don't have the Spirit of God, we are dead soul. You know what I mean? If you want to know more um, about the difference between the spirit and the soul, we can talk about it later. But that's the difference for my understanding. But if you have... More ideas or more understanding about it, feel free to share it to me so that we can share it to others as well. So let's go on. So, what is God's plan for man? Is God's, uh, the God's plan for man is to become God's steward. Steward means caretaker, a supervisor, or overseer of his creation. You can read it in Genesis chapter 1, verse. 28. Let's read. It says there, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Also in Psalms chapter 8, verse 4 to 8, it says there, what is a man that thou art mindful of, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory of honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, and the fowl of the air, and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever. Pass it through the paths of the sea. Amen. <coughs> so, that's what God's plan for men. To be the caretaker and the overseer of all his creation. Amen. Now, we will talk about the fall of man that we can read in the, the, the book of Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 to 24. You can read... You can read that for yourself but let's let's see what makes man to fall. Let's uh, read the passage in Genesis chapter 3 verse 14 to 19. It says there, and the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, And above every beast of the field, upon thy belly shalt thou go, and thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Verse 15, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman, verse 16, he said, I will greatly multiply thou sorrow, and thy conception in sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee, verse seventeen. And Adam, he said, and unto Adam he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the th- the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake; in sorrow shalt thou eat of of it all the days of thy life. Verse eighteen. Thorns also and thistles shall shall it bring forth to thee and thou shalt eat the herb the herb of the field verse 19 in the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread until thou return into the ground for unto it and un, for out of it was thou taken for thus thou art and unto that thou shalt return amen so the result of the fall of man, first is the fourfold curse the curse of the serpent the curse of the woman, the curse of the ground, and the curse of Adam. You can read in that verses, it's very clear that because of disobedience, the cause of disobedience, just one command that God said to Adam, in, to Adam not to eat the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, but still they ate and then that's why sin entered to the into the world that's the the result of the fall of man the disobedience if they has if they did not obey disobeyed god these things that's going on around us will not be happening so just read those verses again for you to understand the fourfold curses of the serpent the woman the man and the ground because during the time of adam and eve in the garden, all the trees and all the fruits, all the herbs, you can eat. But now, some of them, maybe half of them are poisonous and you cannot eat them anymore. Even the animals, they were harmless in the time of Adam and Eve. But because of disobedience, now there are some animals that if it bites you, you'll die. That's what happens when you disobey God. Things happen like that, and also the second thing that there is that resulted the fall of man is the separation from God, in Genesis chapter three, verse twenty-four. So He drove out the man, and He placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims with a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the the tree of life. Now, because of disobedience, they don't have any communion or they don't have any communication with God. And, like before, when Adam still listening to God, they are talking to each other, God is walking with Adam in the garden when like almost every day, but because of disobedience, that the one thing that causes the separation between God and man is the disobedience. That's why uh, thank god for for his word. Thank God for what he has done to us despite all the sins of this world. God still made a way in order for us to be reconciled with him. Amen. But because of disobedience of Adam and Eve, all of these things that's going on around us during this time, even before, that's the result of the fall of man. So the third thing Of the fall, the result of the fall of man is the physical, spiritual, and eternal death, or the second death that we call. What are those things? Let's read in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 7. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 7. It says, But into the second. Into the second went, to, uh, went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself. No. Let me see if it, this is right. Hebrews chapter... Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's 27. I'm sorry. It says there, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Amen. So the physical death, this is where we all are going to end up. Dying. And this flesh. Then the second death is the spiritual death. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 6, it says there, But she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she lived. What does this verse mean? It means that we are living, but our spirit are, is dead. There's no... There's no relationship with God. There's no communion with God. There is no connection or whatsoever in the spiritual things. Because we are carnally minded. We are mindful of the things of this earth. Like the pleasures of the flesh. We are more dwelling on that instead of the spiritual things. That's why we are dead in the spirit if we don't know the truth. If we don't know the word of God. And we don't know who God is. Amen. So that's the The two types of death. And the third type of death is the eternal death or what we call the second death that we can read in Revelations chapter 21, verse 8. It says there, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Ooh, I don't want to experience this because it is eternal death. I want eternal life. And I know all of you that are listening wants to have eternal life as well. So there are things, there's a saying that I remember all the time hearing in the church that I, it's better for you to be born twice and die once than to die twice and be born once. What does it mean? This is what we call the book the the plan of salvation that God has laid out for us. The Acts 238 it is to repent, to be baptized in Jesus' name, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Because the second birth or to be born twice is being born again into Christ. It means you 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 repented of your sins, you turn away from your sins, and you are baptized in Jesus' name to wash away all those sins. And once you are cleansed, you are you are promised to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is what Jesus said to Nicodemus, unless you are born of water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter to the kingdom of God. So I So if you if you want to be saved, if you're if you want to have the eternal life, this is the only way. That we can go to heaven is to obey what God says in His Word, that what we must do in order to be saved, and we will go on to that in more details on our next episodes for this podcast. But I will just give you last two uh, verses for for this podcast that we can meditate on and read about. It is in Revelation chapter one verse fourteen. I'll just read it to you quick. It says here, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, which I believe no one wants to go to. And also in Psalms chapter 8, verse 6, it says there, Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet amen we are created by God to have dominion in everything Satan don't have any uh, Satan is very jealous of us because God has imparted to us the gift of or not imparted given us his spirit as the Holy Spirit when it it infills you because it gives you power from on high to do miracles and wonders on this earth and that makes Satan jealous over us but We are just created a little lower than the angels, but we have more power than Him because when when you receive the Spirit of God and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, that's when you can do mighty miracles and wonders that Jesus has spoken when He was walking on this earth. So I pray and hope that this episode will uh, open your mind understanding, in the things of God, and in the Word of God. I pray that it will move you, transform you, not only inform you, but transform your mind. So God bless you in Jesus' name.